Hey goddess, welcome to Bella Brunch with Bella Gora, where we discuss important hair care topics and give you an inside look into our business and brand. I'm your host, Brianna Wilson. If this is your first time tuning into our podcast, I just want to say welcome. I am so happy that you could stop by and listen in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bellagora and email us any of your questions at hello at bellagora.com. As I mentioned, my name is Brianna and I'm the founder and CEO of Bellagora. Bellagora is a small batch handmade luxury hair care brand. You can check us out at bellagora.com and all of our links will be in the podcast notes just to make it easier for you. So on today's podcast, we are going to discuss five reasons why your hair may not be growing. So grab your favorite drink and snack, and I'll grab mine, and we will dive into this topic together. Cheers! So I first want to start by saying that when it comes to your hair growing, the issue is not usually with the process of it coming out of your scalp unless you have some underlying health condition, then that's a totally different thing. But most of the time, when it appears that your hair is not growing, it's because you are having an issue with length retention, okay? Now, on average, people grow about a half an inch a month. Now, this can be more or less for some people, but on average, about a half inch a month, okay? Making for about six inches of growth within a year. And something important to know is that the average hair growth cycle lasts about three to five years. And much of this is going to be based off genetics, okay? But most of us aren't going to know what our average hair growth cycle is. So what we have to do is retain as best as we can whatever our hair is growing, okay? So why may you not be retaining length? Okay, we're going to go over five different things, but there could be more reasons, but we're just going to cover five, okay? So number one, the first thing that I want to touch on is improper detangling or even just improper use of hair tools in general. Not even when you're just detangling, but even when you're just styling your hair. It is my belief that this is the number one thing that messes people up, okay? So detangling is super duper important, especially for kinkier, curlier, coilier hair textures, but it's also super duper easy to mess up. The wrong products, the wrong tools, your hair being in the wrong state, all of these can contribute to a disaster of a detangling session. Now, something that I think is important to note is that what works for one person when it comes to detangling may not necessarily work for another. There is going to be some trial and error, but I think it's important that you keep close track of what works and what doesn't work so that you can prevent yourself from making the same mistake multiple times, okay? Now, I am a type 4 natural, and I am a strong advocate for finger detangling. I've tried to use different detangling tools along my journey in the past, and I've just always felt that no matter what tool it was or what product I used to assist it, it just caused a lot of unnecessary breakage and damage to my hair. 
Now, finger detangling can definitely be time consuming compared to like using a tool, but I personally think that it's definitely worth giving a try and learning how to do it, especially if you've noticed excessive hair breakage or thinning or damage to your crown from using hair tools, okay? Now, as a general rule of thumb, you always want to make sure that when you detangle your hair, that you're detangling it in sections, at least six sections. But honestly, the smaller the section, the better, okay? And you want to detangle your hair before shampooing if possible, especially if you're detangling on like a wash day. Now, if you're doing like your midweek detangle or something like that, then obviously you'll be detangling before shampooing, but I'm just talking about on wash day, okay? And when you detangle, you want to make sure that your hair is wet and you use a conditioner with a lot of slip. Now, as I mentioned, I'm a strong advocate of finger detangling, but if you are going to use a hair tool, make sure that you are using a brush or comb that is specifically designed for detangling hair, okay? Do not use a fine or narrow tooth comb or something like a boar bristle brush, okay? And even if you do choose to use a hair tool, it's typically a good idea to at least lightly finger detangle first. This will help you save some hair, okay? And then always, always, always start from the ends of your hair when you're using tools to detangle. Now you may find this technique a little bit different when you're finger detangling as you're not typically going to start at the ends. Usually it's going to be like mid shaft or even at the roots. It kind of just depends what's going on with your hair, okay? And then most importantly, be super gentle and do not rush. If you are frustrated about something, if you're in a bad mood, if you're short on time, anything like that, it's probably not the best time to deal with your hair. I know personally for me, I can be much more careless and abrasive with my hair when I'm in either of these conditions or states. So it's best to just wait, okay? Then number two, not keeping your hair moisturized properly and maintaining a good protein moisture balance. So this is another biggie and there's definitely both kind of like a science and an art to it. So to best understand how to properly moisturize your hair, you have to understand your hair's porosity level. Now there's so much to know about hair porosity and if you're interested in learning more, then I'm going to put a link in the podcast notes to a live chat that we did called The Real Reason Your Hair Is Dry, okay? But in short, knowing whether your hair is low porosity, medium, or high porosity will alter the steps that you need to take to best keep your hair moisturized. And this includes on wash day, the best deep conditioner to use, and for the day-to-day care of your hair too, okay? And then it will also clue you into how your hair best responds to protein and how much protein is necessary for your hair regimen because this is going to vary for everybody. And then number three, clogging your pores, okay? Now this is not something a lot of people think about, but not every product that we put on our hair is good for our skin. Yet, Many of the products that we put on our hair do in some way come in contact with our scalp, 
or with our skin, like on our face or our neck or things like that. Now, ingredients in our hair and skin products have what we call a comedogenic rating, which gives us an idea of the tendency an ingredient has to clog our pores. And this was something that was taken into great consideration when personally formulating our luxury elixirs, as we wanted them to be both effective and safe for daily use, without the risk of it clogging the pores or causing skin irritation, okay? So if you are constantly putting products on your hair or scalp that can potentially clog your pores, then you are stunting your hair's true growth potential, okay? And we don't want to do that. So that's why it's super important to check the ingredients in your products because you wanna make sure that you're using the best products not only for your hair, but for your skin and scalp as well, okay? Then number four, skipping trims, okay? Now the big question is always, well, how often should I trim my hair? And the honest answer, guys, is that it just depends. But I personally say at least every three to four months, even if it's just dusting your ends and keeping them healthy and maintained, okay? Now I personally trim my hair when it needs it. There is no set schedule. It doesn't matter if it's been two weeks, two months, or four months. If my hair seems like it could benefit from a trim, I will trim or dust my ends. I am no stranger to the scissors. I'm not scared of scissors. And I've been doing it so long that if I cut more than what I typically cut, I know it's because I felt like my hair needed it. It's not like an accidental, oops, I cut too much hair off or something like that, okay? So what are some signs that your hair could use a trim? So maybe your ends are see-through or your hair is super uneven. You have lots of single-strand knots. Your hair is hard to detangle. You experience excessive breakage. Or maybe your hairstyles just don't look good anymore. Like maybe the ends look a bit stringy or it just doesn't have that bounce that it typically has, okay? Now, when you trim your hair, make sure that you are using actual hair cutting shears. They don't have to be expensive hair cutting shears, okay? But they do need to be hair shears and not household scissors. The problem with household scissors is that they can actually fray your ends causing more split ends, which we don't want because that's super counterproductive. So when you trim your hair, at least every three to four months or as needed, okay, make sure that you're using hair shears. And then lastly, reason number five may be that you're playing in your hair too much. Now I'm personally super guilty of this, especially when my hair is out, but I also have this really bad edge pulling habit. I've gotten better, but I still do it, especially if I'm stressed out or anxious. And this is why protective styles can be great, especially if they're properly installed and if you take care of your hair while it's in one. Now, some people do use protective styles as an excuse to take a break from their hair and not care for their hair. So they don't moisturize it, they don't oil their scalp, they don't do anything. And that can be very damaging to your hair. So we'll just add in a bonus tip. If you are wearing protective styles, but you're not caring for your hair while they're in a protective style, this could be another reason for your hair not appearing to be growing, okay? 
So back to playing in your hair too much. When you're constantly in your hair, what you're doing is you're stealing moisture from your hair, which means that it can become drier much quicker, a lot sooner, okay? And then you're also increasing the risk of breaking off your hair. Even the littlest bit of breakage can add up over time with a bad enough of a habit, okay? So when possible, stay out of your hair. Style it, get it how you want it to look, and then leave it be until you have to restyle it, wash it, or put it up, okay? So just as a recap, reasons why your hair may not be growing could be improper detangling or just poor use of tools in general, not keeping your hair moisturized properly and maintaining a good protein moisture balance, clogging your pores, which is hindering your true growth potential, skipping trims or just not trimming your hair altogether, playing in your hair too much, and then we added the bonus of not caring for your hair properly while it's in protective styles. And we'll do another podcast episode focusing solely on protective styling and how to best care for your hair when it's in a protective style. So stay tuned for that, okay? So thank you so much for joining me on another Bella Brunch episode. I hope you enjoyed it and learned something helpful along the way. Again, if you ever have any questions, feel free to email us at hello at bellagora.com, and I look forward to answering your questions. Bye, goddess.